I predict. I predict this will be a good episode. Huh. It ought to be. It's on one of my favorite subjects. What? Geese? Well, there are lots of of bird creatures, but Mm. fortune telling, seeing the future. Ooh, that is one of your favorite subjects. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Let's jump in, AJ. Okay, welcome to Atlas Drugged, the Avatar of the Last Airbender podcast. I'm AJ. I'm Kaylee. And we are just two married folks watching Avatar, but not just two married folks. There's a distinction between us. Yeah, it's my favorite show of all time. I've seen it a lot of times. And I have never seen it before. It's the first time that I am running through Avatar. So, um, so far, so good. So far, so good. We've made it to the second to last disc of book one as we're watching it on my old DVD set. Digital video disc. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get going. This episode, The Fortune Teller. Mm-hmm. We have met Aang and Gang along the water somewhere, hungry as always. They're always hungry. When what happens, but a few things. Number one, there are a few themes we'll talk about today. Um, one, Katara has lost her necklace, which belonged to her mother, so the episode opens with Aang. Making her a new necklace. Uh-huh. Yeah, not that big a secret. Aang um, is crushing on Katara, and it's not really reciprocated. I mean, like, the the onlooker from the outside can really tell that while she's friendly with him, she's not really, like, she's not into Aang like that. Yeah, there's, like, a little bit of an age difference where she's probably already a teenager, and he's, like, well, 12, so preteen. Right, right. Just a little young for her. Um, anyway, they're trying to... So... So she lost her necklace. Aang makes her a new one. And then um, they are in the pro- process of fetching their dinner when something... When some... Or someone um, comes up on them while they're fighting the platypus bear. And I love the advice that they shout at him. It's like a mixture of everything you've heard about getting away from a bear versus an alligator versus like anything that might eat you. Run downhill and climb up a tree, then run in zigzags. Like, it's just everything you've ever heard. Who's giving that advice? Aang and Katara and Sokka are just yelling at this guy about what to do as the bear like comes after him. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Clearly he's had more than one encounter with the platypus bear because... um... He makes out all right. Yeah, makes out fine because Appa sneaks up behind it and roars. He's like, oh, that's a much bigger creature than I. Yeah, Appa has a tendency to intimidate uh, pretty much everything. And Appa's pretty low-key in this episode. Like, he didn't Mm -hmm. have much to do with the fortune telling, but he had everything to do with shaping the future. He did, yeah. He was uh, Cherry. We'll get to that later. Um, so platypus bear, they fight another, what I call low effort beast, where it's just a combination of like two earthly creatures. Um, (laughs) uh, it's a platypus and a bear. What do we call it? Platypus bear. Um, so, so we get that and, um, the soothsayer through her ways beckons that they come into the village. And they hear quite a few things about Aunt Wu. Um, 
especially when they meet young Mang upon entering her studio. Yeah, Mang is a chatterbox from the get-go. And Mang is telling them all about the soothsayer. Mang looks at Aang. And this musical motif plays that uh, must be a a direct... It has to be a direct reference to um, Musetta's Waltz. Okay, so they, they do like a... Wah, wah, wah. Uh, as like a love motif, uh, which is, um, it's gotta be a ref. I mean, it's, it's too close and, and it's too uh, comical, uh, that it's not a, uh, reference to Musetta's Waltz, which I will play right now. So if that sound was a feeling, that is how Meng feels about Aang from the jump. I love that the love and crush motif also always goes with the same color pattern and like sparkliness like we first saw that in yes. the episode with Jet where Katara is crushing on Mr. Uh, not Peter Pan but the lost bo- the leader of the lost boys in this universe right right so we see now Aang overwhelmed as he looks at Katara and she's cast in the same light and then when Mang looks at Aang with his big ears which Aunt Wu has foretold she will marry some man with massive ears. She's like, first dude my age with big ears. That has to be him. Right, right. It was written in the in the stars. So Sokka's like just happy for snacks and Katara obviously wants to have her, her fortune read. So she goes in for the first reading. So here's my thing. Do you think that, um, what's the soothsayer's name? Aunt Wu. Aunt Wu. Do you think that Aunt Wu uses the bone method on everybody that she tells their fortune to? It like didn't sound like she did that for Katara. It sounded right. like she was reading her hand. Plus, it'd be like kind of um, disproportionately metal of Aunt Wu to to like throw a bone in the fire and be like, "Oop, I know who you're crushing on." You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> that seems like a. Um, Seems like a silly prediction, but then Aang is eavesdropping. He hears that, you know, Katara is going to fall in love with a very strong bender, and of course he thinks that that means him. He's a very powerful bender. Mm-hmm. And Aang is like, I'm a very powerful bender. Right. So the bones never lie, according to Aunt Wu. She seems to use a more dramatic method, which always makes me think right, like- right. right. Aang doesn't announce that he's the avatar in this episode, but like he always has his arrow tattoo- and Aunt Wu clearly chooses to use a more dramatic method of reading his fortune than she chose for Katara. So either she knows he's the Avatar or uh-huh. senses his great bending ability. Um, and yeah, says the bones never lie. I'll read the cracks and tell you your destiny. Right, right. Um, and Aang is told... Pretty much what he already knows. <laughs> like exactly what he already knows. He's even complaining about it. He's like, jeez. Good, I evil. I uh, three tickets on this fortune teller. <laughs> <laughs> Good, evil. I already knew that. Yep, yep. Tell me about my Boring. love life. Right. He must be hitting that age where that's more important. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't even then read Sokka. She's like, it's written all over your face, Aunt Lou says. 
Uh-huh. She can see his skepticism, which leads me to believe that she's like a really good fortune teller. Like she probably can really read people's energies and knows that your fortune's not going to come true if you don't believe in it. So she's like, yeah, Sokka, you're not even worth <laughs> reading. Right, right. Yeah, she's like, I'm not even going to bother with you, Sokka. Your your future is is already set in stone. Yeah, so Sokka like feels super isolated in this episode. Like he feels like he's the only one who's actually observing what's around him and not just taking this fortune teller's word for literally everything. Well, right now they've gone through like three or four supernatural alignments of like belief and like ways to make sense of the universe. And um, Sokka, I think, just kind of sees them all as like hocus pocus. Yeah. You great lover of science and reason. I love that. Um, Mm. Like the people who insult him are just like stating facts about Sokka. He's like, yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Meanwhile, Sokka just really, he thinks he has a clue, but he kind of doesn't, which is exemplified in the scene in the square uh, where we find our our two dudes next. They're having a heart-to-heart moment, right? And uh, Sokka's like, Sokka's like, oh yeah, just play the aloof card that'll really uh reel whoever you're trying to reel in that'll really do it what did you think about the red shoes i know you always like the red shoes motif the red shoes that's really pretty um if you don't know the red shoes is an old fable about a ballerina um she makes a deal with the devil to become a good dancer he's like all right i got just the thing and uh the devil hands her the red shoes and then she can't take them off and so she dances till she dies right yeah um so um i think that might be saying something like your fate like if you really believe that your fate can be um determined by someone with the power to you know determine fate then you it it could become like a self-fulfilling prophecy like you can't take the shoes off that's exactly because he doesn't take the shoes off i think like i love the play between the believers in the fortune teller and just Sokka's skepticism. He's like, of course your fortune's going to come true. How many days have you worn those red shoes since she told you you'll meet your the love of your life wearing them? Every right. day. <laughs> right. And and it's that uh, that prophecy that um, makes him like emotionally or makes this bystander. I'm, I'm, I'm projecting so much into this bystander's life, but it's like a it's like a uh, nature versus nurture argument. Like if he hadn't if that bystander with the red shoes hadn't heard um his prophecy like that would he even be open to finding the love of his life full stop right yeah and what i i always like throughout the entire show i really like the differences between katara and saka in her like just steadfast trust in her intuition and that things are going to work out that the the way they're supposed to and saka's constant skepticism towards everything uh-huh. But that's what I love about Sokka in this is he is his overbearing skeptic self. But every time he displays that attitude, like literally something hits him in the head. Yeah. He kicks a rock. It comes back and and hits him in the head. And that it's is like, like six times in this episode. Yeah. It's to, so funny. To me, that's saying like, hey, you're right. But like continue observing, like trust your intuition. The reason you're being so skeptical is probably because you have a gut feeling that something else is coming. Not just that Aunt Wu is wrong, but what is your gut feeling actually telling you, Sokka? And he never like gets to that point. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He feels like he's 
done it all. So what happens next? Um, okay. So Mang continues to like make her moves on Aang and those are not so reciprocated. <laughs> right, right. He could not care less about this because she's she's kind of a twerp in his eyes too, right? Yeah, she's like I I always do, you know, cartoon ages by height. So Aang is shorter ah. than Katara and Mang is shorter than Aang. So they're probably all within a few years of each other, but Aang is the older one between those two. Critical years, yeah. Between yeah. those. Um Right, right. So Mang is trying to make her uh move and Aang is just the most aloof that he could be, um, which probably has nothing to do with Sokka's uh advice because it's not a strategy. <laughs> it's not a strategy to earn uh Mang's love. He already has it. But that shows that Sokka and Katara kind of view Aang the same way. Like no matter him being the avatar, he is still a kid. So when Aang approaches his bro, Sokka, like, what do I do about this girl I like? He doesn't assume Katara. He assumes, oh, you're talking about that little girl over in the village who has a crush on you. Uh-huh. You're wow, he's good at being aloof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Keep doing that. Keep uh keep those shoes on. But uh yeah, after so to speak. Then there are two big things that happen. Okay. Um Aunt Wu does the cloud reading. Oh yeah, she's reading in the clouds. Not only could she read the bones and uh read people's faces and read people's minds and uh read uh, her bowl of alphabets cereal <laughs> for predictions, but she can also read the clouds. So but it's my favorite line of the whole episode. A fluffy bunny cloud forecasts doom and destruction. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's not a fluffy bunny cloud. We see a bending arrow cloud, which is good for crops. And then a bendy moon shaped cloud, which evidently means good for twins. Then the twins in the village cheer. Right. Um, two of them. And then a cumulus with a twisty knob, which means apparently that the village will not be destroyed by the volcano this year. Avatar is so freaking literary. Even on, like, this is not your favorite episode. But it's not my favorite episode either. But it's just like so there's such a balance in every episode, which creates a balance in the sum of its parts as you go on. Because motivated by that decision, by by the by the prediction, the prediction that the village will be alright this year and like twins will get a you know free <laughs> papaya or something. Uh but motivated by the prediction that the volcano that the volcano will not blow and like ruin the town, Aang goes up and gets the flower and he's looking for the flower. The panda lily. So only by being assured that the volcano would not blow does Aang go up and realize that it would blow without his intervention. It's like the 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 events that set in motion the actual um the actual culmination the the coming true of 
Aunt Wu's prophecy. It's just really, it's just really nice. It is lovely. And I love that Aang and Sokka take that journey together because Katara is like, so so invested in getting readings that she's oh like yeah. just knocking on Aunt Wu's door constantly, like asking, "What should I eat for breakfast tomorrow?" As if it matters, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, Papaya. Katara has a real real problem with wanting to fulfill her destiny properly, down to the T. <laughs> she's a planner, isn't she? She is. Yeah. So they get up on top of the volcano. And Saka. realize that the volcano has yet to blow, but it's it's fixing to blow. It's roiling. It's boiling. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, Aang in the throes of uh, in the throes of pre-adolescence. It's finna blow. And I like, um, if you remember back, it's finna blow. <laughs> um, you remember back to the Hey episode in the spirit world where like hmm. Panda almost always represents balance in this world. So like, hey, bye, the panda spirit was the spirit of the forest that keeps yeah. balance between spirits and nature. And in this case, like a panda lily is fortuitous of of equal and great love. Mm, 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 mm. A panda lily. Balance between light and darkness. Water, earth, air, fire. The wrong order, but it's water, earth, air, no fire, fire, air, air. For AJ, who probably doesn't know, that order is specific because it is the Avatar cycle order. So it goes Ooh. water, then earth, then fire, then air, then water, then earth, then fire, then air, forever. Forever, ever? Well, so they say. I don't know. <laughs> Quack. Anyway. <laughs> so what do they do once um, Sokka and Aang realize, okay, this volcano is going to blow? They go down and tell the village, don't they? Duh. And does anyone believe them? No. The sky's falling. No, it's literally falling. Forget what you, what you heard. We're in really big danger. Oh, like Aang, how he does. He's the avatar. It's his job to keep balance between people and nations and and spirits. And kind of like he did in the Great Divide episode where he like just straight up lies (laughs) to the two tribes to like get them to get along. He kind of does the same thing. He and Katara fly up on Appa and um, after stealing Aunt Wu's cloud guide. Uh-huh. What do these cloud shapes mean? They just are like, yeah, the only way to convince these people is to get Aunt Wu to say it, I guess. So they just make the dark mark in the sky. Right, right. Like, oh, yeah, Aunt Wu, what you going to say now? The cl- Now it's written in the clouds. Never mind that they themselves wrote it. But right, right. And it works. It's one of one of Aang's signature uh, peacekeeping strategies is just <laughs> lying <laughs> seeing is believing i'm not sure <laughs> right right um so yeah symbol of volcanic doom they yeah. they bend the clouds which is so cool by the way like that's some new bending that they did together that they had never tried but just like make a perfect omen in the sky Water, interesting air, right um wonder if they could do a ufo next ooh We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So that leads into what I think is the ultimate message of the episode, um, which Aunt Lou will say later on, but shaping your own destiny. What does Aang and Katara reshaping the clouds to show what is actually going to happen ultimately do for the village. So right when you said reshaping destiny, it's so funny because I've been messing with my microphone for this entire podcast. You could actually probably hear it. (laughs) The thing you said, reshaping my own destiny. And I must've gotten excited by that or something. Cause then I like moved my leg, but then my leg brushed up against the little, um, (laughs) the little thing on the chair and I sunk right to the perfect height that I need to be in order to use this microphone. Yeah, you just fell like six inches. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know. I just feel like I shaped my own destiny. Anyway, so what does that say about shaping destinies? I think determinism is both... uh, Determinism is is the theme of the episode because then when they come back, you know, there's a... There's not really a parade for the saviors, but there's like a... um, you know, there's a lot of thanks for them after they save the village. And uh, and she's like, see, you shape your own destiny. That's what I meant all along. Like, psh. I mean, you can say that that's what you meant all along. It's, but it shows that Aunt Wu doesn't take herself so seriously, even though everyone else does. Yeah, it doesn't take her herself as seriously as like the other people in the village do. And um, we gotta we can't miss the volcano actually blowing up. Um <laughs> I just finished uh, a an Avatar The Last Airbender novel called oh, The Rise yeah. of Kiyoshi mm-hmm. uh, by F.C. Yi. And Michael from the original writers um, was, a, was a co-writer on that project. But what was so cool about the trench jigging, number one, Sokka, like, he is always the planner. So I love that, like, even though it's Aang and Katara that reshape the clouds, like Aang turns to Sokka and in front of the village and is like, and Sokka has a plan to fix this. Right. Um. So he sends everybody, okay, who are my earthbenders? And I, like, just saw this in the book, too. Like, the incredible ability to move massive amounts of earth at once and build, like, moats and trenches and... They just yeah. like got together with shovels and earthbenders and did the dang thing. They did the thing, and it was a group effort, um, obviously, because nobody wants their village to get burnt up by lava. Not really. And if you say you do, prove it. And unfortunately, that's like something we've seen a few times in real Earth in the last few years, like Hawaii oh, yeah, and just and the Canary yeah, Islands. Sure. Like, yeah, um, volcanoes are real things. Mm-hmm. So relatable. Earthbenders are not. <laughs> so it's uh, right. It is relatable, uh, almost almost scarily relatable at some points. But like, just like in this episode, I I feel like uh, I feel like you know, it's this life is choose your own adventure. Adventure, you shape your own destiny. Uh, but then at the same time, if you believe something will happen, then uh, and it's a real thing that could happen, there's a good chance that it will happen. Yeah. Um. So ultimately. I think this episode, yeah, was showing off sort of the determinism that you're talking about, like Mm -hmm. how much a role do you play in your fate and how much of it is predetermined. Um, And sometimes our interpretations about what is predetermined are not correct. That's true. Um, I really like that about this episode. And Aang realizes when like Aunt Wu's prediction about the volcano not blowing up wasn't correct, then he's like, so you didn't really li- read 
love in my future, did you? And that was like a sad little moment. But her encouragement is nice. I put that quote down. She said, just as you reshaped those clouds, you have the power to shape your own future. Notice she's not saying that to Mang. Because Mang is just chilling on the ground as they fly off into the sunset once again. (laughs) And Mang's like, floozy. Floozy. I love, like... That just felt very much that age where, like, you Mang doesn't have anything against Katara. She right. thinks she's pretty and she's sweet and she's a good bender and she's clearly smart and they're good friends. But, like, at the end of the day, she's just jealous that her crush is voided by Aang's crush on this beautiful girl. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess that pretty much sums up the episode, huh? You have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I guess as you go into your days, think about what evidence surrounds you for the beliefs you have and what is confirmed by bias of the people around you. That's what I would encourage everyone to be more thoughtful of after this episode. Philosophical drop. I know I will be. Courtesy wifey. hey What about you, AJ? Any final thoughts? Uh, you should listen to my music. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we're gonna plug uh, right now. Um, I, if you're a fan of the show, you know that sometimes I will come up with songs. Sometimes pretty on the fly. Um, and so I have decided to um do that endeavor in that uh pretty hardcore. If you want to add me on Spotify or uh, however you get your music, you could do that by searching AJ. No spaces. No periods. <laughs> AJ, and then you do type a space. C-A-P-U-A-N-O. That's my last name. Capuano. C-A-P-U-A-N-O. A-J space. Uh-huh. C-A-P-U-A-N-O. Yeah, so um, that's how you're going to find my music. I have one song up right now. Pretty it's cool very song. good. You can also check out uh, Liz Falstro. F-A-L-S-T-R. E-A-U? Correct. Okay. Um, That's a solo artist, a big friend of ours. And um, I wrote and uh, produced her latest song. It's called Oh Well. Uh, You can check that out on all your streamers as well. And more music coming this fall. And there's more music coming this fall. There's going to be one uh, out by the end of this week, I think. Along with Atla Jingles, of course. But Atla Jingles for if days. you like his jingles, then you will definitely like his music, Who which is like my probably more serious than. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check it out. Um, all right. Yeah, that's all I had to say. All right. About that. Yeah, guys, thanks for joining us uh, for this episode, The Fortune Teller. We are very quickly approaching the end of book one. So (laughs) expect something exciting as we get into the three-part finale of this season. I believe we have one or two more episodes until that point. So until next time. Until next time. Yes, thanks for sticking with us. I'm Mayjay. I'm Kaylee. Atlas Road has just occupied your ears. Until next time.